All right, good morning, good morning, everyone. If you want to start to make your way to your seats, it is time for church. Good morning. Good morning. Beautiful. I love that, the call and response. So today is our last day of Advent, and today is also creative service. So I would love it if you made your attention towards this lovely lady here who's going to be painting during our worship. It's going to be great. So you'll see some really interesting things in our service. You'll see some live art. You'll see some art on the screens and things during our prayers of the people. And so today our posture is just enjoying that God is a creative God and the unique ways that he's made us, the ways that he's made nature, and just celebrating that with one another and telling me that in nature and in scripture. So that's the posture of our hearts today. We'd love for you to join us that way. If you are watching us online and it's your very first time, we are so glad that you're here with us. Thank you for worshiping along alongside us. Uh, go ahead and leave your name in the comment section below so we can give you a proper welcome. So every Sunday we read from the lectionary and it keeps us connected to the Universal Church, but this morning we're going to read Mary's song. It's called the Magnificat and it magnifies the Lord. It's one of our favorites. It's one of my personal favorites. So if you would stand with me, if you would put your body where your theology is and just stand under the holiness of this passage. In this passage, Mary is magnifying the Lord for the good thing that he's about to do in her. And she sings this song of justice, already knowing that this child that she's carrying is going to redeem the lost. And so she says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. And surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation, and he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones, and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hunger with good things and sent away the rich empty. And he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promises that he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever. And so Father God, this morning, our souls magnify the Lord. We thank you that you are a God that has always had a heart for the lowly. That you see us, that you meet us where we are. That you lift up our heads. God, we thank you that you fill our hunger with good things. And so this morning, God, as we are coming a myriad of different situations. God, feel our hunger with good things. I pray that we get to encounter you this morning, God, that each and every one of us has a very personal, a very personal way that we get to see you more clearly today. Speak a word through a line in a song or a conversation with a friend press on us how much you love us and delight in us, God. 
May we sense that we are so blessed. May we find ourselves in the story of glory and redemption. So God, we just love you and we worship you this morning. We turn down all distractions and we partner our hearts with the Holy Spirit and whatever you're doing. Have your way, God. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us through this Advent season and sitting at the eve of our expectancy. We, we thank you that we have struggled through a year that uh, might have been hard for many of us, and yet there is still hope. So God, for this community, we pray that in the moment that is filled with lists of things to buy and things to do that we will not be held by the tyranny of the secular but remember that we are here in faith and hope and that there is a gift that can be given to us that is not under a tree god we ask that we would be mindful of those who don't have what we do and that have suffered greater loss than we have seen this year, God. There are people who are homeless this year just because of a storm, God. There is, are people who are homeless and under the threat of, of persecution just for believing in your name. God, we ask that you would keep us ever mindful of what we have and what we can give that we might be useful to those who are around us and actually live our faith and as Mariah says be able to put our body where our theology is God. Father we thank you that this community despite this pandemic has thrived and we have become closer and we pray that you will do that for us in the coming years ahead and God as the day comes for us to sit with this holiday we know that there are going to be those of us who have missing people around the table and we ask that you would give us the peace of knowing that they are now in your love we ask all of this in jesus name amen all right here we go here we go thank you so much um olivia give it up for olivia Thank you, Jordan and Becca, for the video. Give it up for them. Thank you, Reese, for wearing that shirt today. Give it up for Reese. Hey. Oh, so it's a good day, you know? It's a good day. It's been a good weekend. Um, I'm going to jump into our last Advent message, which I'm pretty pumped about this week. Um, if you guys haven't visited these stations... Before next Sunday, I would do that. There was some intentional thought put into each thing. And so you can interact with them, linger a little bit, linger at the threshold a little bit, take a gander at some of the artwork from around the world. I particularly love this section over here that Becca set up. Um, they're very thoughtful and meaningful ways to worship so that you can interact more fully, have a more robust experience. Um, thank you for Mariah and the announcements and for preaching next week, right? This is a good day. You know what I'm saying? It's just a good day. Can I get an amen on that? 
All right, so for the last two weeks, I've talked to you all about John the Baptist, who's a big character within the Advent framework. Um, it's kind of interesting. You, you seem to go a little bit forward the last two weeks, and then this week the lectionary brings us in reverse. But we've talked about how John the Baptist stepped out of Rome and then started inviting people to a wild space so that they could possibly repent and hear God, as he did in that space. We talked about last week how some of the people that came, the interaction was awkward because he was asking them to truly step away from the things that kept them captive. For them, it was finance or money or power. And he was interestingly asking them to repent from those things so that they had space for Jesus, because Jesus was coming. He was preparing the way. I always think it's interesting that Jesus stood in the line to be baptized. And that people were just on both sides, just the guy behind Jesus like, what's up, everybody? Not even knowing, and the guy in front, and then all of a sudden, they get to the front, and they're like, oh my gosh, that was, he was standing in between us. Yeah. That's so crazy to me. But Jesus submitted to the will of his Father so much so, and to the authority in that space, that he walked through a thing that he didn't really need to walk through. Yeah. It was almost like, just get to the point. Just do the God stuff. He did the stuff in the messy places. So this week is interesting because it's asking us to travel back in time 30 years. So it's asking us to not jump ahead into what's coming. And I know for me, I I don't so much look forward to Christmas Day, but I look forward to a new year every year. I'm someone who's already thinking about January, and I get excited. That's not the story of my whole family. Sarah really does not like January because all its things are ending I love the process of getting away to pray and listening for God to speak into that year. And that to me is so great, but we're asked to push pause almost like we're standing at the threshold of a door, right? Like we're kind of sensing we can go in that, but we're still here. So I wanted to bring up a, a definition of threshold really quickly. Everybody say threshold. So just simply, it's a strip of wood, metal, or stone forming the bottom of a doorway and crossed in entering a house or room. So Brent knew that. You already knew that, right, Brent? You're like, yeah, that's common knowledge. Who did not know that's what a threshold is called? Raise your hand. A lot of people don't know that. A threshold is when you cross in, that's that area you step over, but it's also something bigger than that. It can be almost like just kind of a picture of where you are in life. And so the magnitude or intensity that must be exceeded for a certain reaction, phenomenon, result, or condition to occur or be manifested. A threshold is like the beginning of entering into something. It's the idea of transitioning from one year to the next, from we've been crying and waiting for Jesus to Jesus' arrival. It's the idea of traveling through what you carried into this year and then hoping for what's to come next year. But Advent and Jesus ask us to push pause right now in this where we're at right now. And you can't escape that part of your Christianity. You can't escape that there's times you're in this room you don't feel the presence of God, and you shouldn't. And you can't escape that there's unanswered questions right now for you about our houses or our finances or our relationships or the church or your family or your job. You can't escape that you don't have answers to questions that are a lot of times really important. And so today, as we read this story, we're going to read from Luke chapter 1. But I want to give you a little bit of backdrop with this passage before we get to the part I'm going to read you. Is that okay with everybody? Yes. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Everybody say threshold. Threshold. That's your word for the day. 
All right. So in this passage, interestingly enough, it starts with the writer talking about how many people are trying to capture this story. But he starts specifically with Zechariah. Everybody say Zechariah. Zechariah Zechariah and his wife who? Elizabeth. Elizabeth are people who sought after God. And they're actually people scripturally that said they had no wrong in them. They loved God. They had no sin. And he was a priest. She was older and was barren. Everyone knows what barren means. She could not give birth. So Zechariah goes to the temple to perform his priestly duties. And as he's in the temple, an angel shows up to him. Who's the angel? Good job. Your dad a pastor? You're a pastor. Ooh, look at you. Oh, she's always got a little sass. You are. Yeah, that's good. So the angel Gabriel shows up and tells him, as he's performing his priestly duties, as people, as the hour of incense and people are praying, your prayer's about to be answered. I'm going to give you a son, and it's going to be John. You're going to name him John. And he has an reaction where he doesn't see how that could be possible. And disbelief forms in him. And the angel then says to him, listen, because you wouldn't believe, you're not going to be able to talk for a while. And literally shuts his mouth. So the priest of the premises is not allowed to talk and actually has to start interacting with people using sign language. Quieted. Comes back, meets Elizabeth. Soon after that, Elizabeth gives birth, or it gets pregnant, right? Awesome. To who? Who's, who's she pregnant with? Actually, right here, Tina, four weeks ago, talked about this, right? So the angel visits them, tells him, and then it jumps ahead to the sixth month, where the angel Gabriel also visits someone else. Who does the angel visit? Mary. Mary. Good. You guys know your Sunday school stuff. So in this story, the angel visits Mary and tells her she will give birth to Jesus. And she, confused of how, because she has not... <laughs> just want to see who would answer. <laughs> just want to see who would answer. She has not. She has not. Let's just leave it at that. She has not. So that's confusing. And I, I'm just to be honest with you. I, so, so Zechariah asked a question and got him in trouble a little bit. And, and she asked a question that's kind of similar, but there's a little bit more grace. And I think I get why. That's really a thing that would be hard to believe. And she's told the Spirit of God will come upon you and you will give birth to Jesus. So Mary responds in just like this emphatic yes. And I think it's, I've always said it's the best yes in Scripture. I'm willing, right? And then we kind of pick up where this passage is today. So you guys get the picture. Zechariah, Elizabeth, you got Mary, you got the, the angel, you've got Jesus and this ba- the, uh, these two babies being brought into the world through two women. You've got the priest of the time. This, I, I could do a whole message on this. I'm not. But it's interesting that there is space for a priest or someone in ministry who stops believing even when interacting. And in stopping believing, they're not completely written off. They're given a season where they don't have to use the thing that kept them in ministry before. They're given a season to not speak and to watch the power of God. To me, that's a beautiful story. Because God's faithfulness travels even through them not being able to speak. And you see in a few chapters, in a little bit, he's, his next words are worship. Isn't that beautiful? 
to be in deconstruction and to, to be given the space by, by the Father that allows it to grow in you again. But you can't be ministering like you were before, right? I think of people close to my life in this scenario. So we'll read Luke. This is your, this is your stuff. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will be called blessed. For the mighty one who has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. And Mary remained for three months. And then returned her to her home. She had, they had a guest for three months. That's showing up at Nancy's house. And be like, hey, guess what God's doing? And there you're three months later. And that's, there are your kids. <laughs> wow. I didn't even plan that. But there's so many actual overlays of the story. Wait, are you? <laughs> okay. All right, back, 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 pedal into it. All right, Mary hears goes eight miles on foot. She travels eight miles on foot to the doorstep of someone whose husband has been set aside from ministry, and this conversation happens at what is a doorstep again? A threshold. This whole thing happens at a threshold. A couple interesting things about this to me. This is the first Christian worship service. This, what happened, what's happening in this passage is the first Christian worship service between two women, two babies, right? Right? God had to silence a man in order that this would happen the right, I mean, I don't, I don't know about, I don't know about that, but I like it, but so there's the priest who's supposed to be happening, this is supposed to be happening through who's over here now, and these two women have the first worship service around Jesus in history. Isn't that amazing? This is also the first Christian mentor, which as she's filled with the Holy Spirit, so there's so many things I could do here. Oh, I'm so glad Mary wasn't so selfish with her Jesus that she didn't keep it to herself. I'm so glad that she wasn't like, this is my Jesus, and this is is how I'm going to be with my Jesus. 
She shows up in the first act of a worship service. The first person filled by the Spirit is speaking to someone else. The first Christian mentor comes out of the the Spirit filling. Someone who is older speaking into someone who is younger. And what is she actually speaking into? The work of Jesus within her. It's a literal Jesus. It's not like the metaphorical Jesus in our hearts or even the spirit. It's actual Jesus growing. And Elizabeth has enough of the spirit's power and enough of the unction of God and care that she uses that spirit filling to highlight the Jesus in her. And not only that, but sit with her and celebrate it and not make it about Elizabeth. It's the first Christian worship service, two women. The first Christian mentor, an older woman. The first Christian mentor, e? younger woman. All these things that God does through women, through the scriptures, in the most pivotal times in human history. Why is it hard for us to see it in the work today? Right? Maybe some of us do need to be silenced. She's like, well, I mean, is it me? Or if it, you know what? If, if, God, if God needs to silence me, bring it. For his work, for real, for real, for his work to be done, Whatever needs to happen, right? Like, and there's a part of Jesus in this story that man can't really, man or woman can't really thwart, right? His work is going to happen. There's so many different elements happening, though. You know, they call this passage the visitation because there's so many different visitations. You have the angel going to see Zechariah. You have the angel going to see Mary. You have Mary going to see Elizabeth. You have the babies meeting, you have the leaping. All of this stuff is just kind of a visitation in the timing of God. And it happens in the weirdest, strangest parts, right? Mary's given a song as she's filled by the Holy Spirit. And Mary's song not only blesses the Jesus in her, but Elizabeth and those who would receive Jesus in the future. So this is, this is the true work of the prophecy of Jesus, The Spirit's power is always drawing to Jesus. If you're ever a part of any organization where the Spirit's power is leading you away from Jesus, you need to leave that situation instantly because the Spirit's power always draws to and highlights the work of Jesus in communities and people and you. And if it's not happening like that, you can. so when things start happening, you're like, wait a second, that doesn't seem right. You know it's not right if it's not highlighting the work and the power of Jesus because Jesus is the doorway. He actually is the threshold. So if that's not being drawn to, then boop, boop, boop. <laughs> be like, just dip out quick. So I love here that Mary and Elizabeth, they worship a little differently. Their worship is we language. Their worship is in the midst of some of their most troubling life situations, period. So think about this. Mary is still worried if she might be stoned, one. If her parents might disown her, two. There's a baby growing in her and she has not... Elizabeth, there you go. Elizabeth. Elizabeth's husband does not have a voice. How, How much stature does she have as a human? Will this go well? These babies we've heard about. I mean, Zechariah was told that her baby would be prominent. Is that going to happen? It's not happening right now. Mary's told that her baby is Jesus. Is that happening? It's not happening now. Can you worship in a questionable season, a questionable environment, 
where it hasn't happened yet, where the thing hasn't happened, where Jesus hasn't been fully realized in your life, or you're not experiencing all of that lush spiritual framework you know, can you worship in that? If you can't worship in that, then there's questions that need to be asked that will draw you back to the feet of Jesus. They worship fully. They used to do a feast called the Feast of Fools built around this experience. It actually traveled through generations where people would show up to this day and they would elect the lowly as officials. They would dress up like animals and they would dance around the city like fools to remind people, don't take yourself too seriously. Even our Savior came and did this this way. Laugh at yourself a little bit. Be willing to not make it just like you thought. God works in the messiness. God's working in the messiness right now. There's a little bit of a recognition and response in this, which I love, and for me that language is helpful to know that God is always prompting in some way. And when that happens, the response we see is humility, and then I recognize. And the one who didn't want to recognize is silence, but not excluded. Still brought into the work of God on a different trajectory. So here's what I want to kind of draw it into. I had a talk with one of my mentors this week, and we talked about patience and how the body of Christ is in a season right now that we've never been in before. We know we're stepping out of something. We can feel it and sense it. There's been key markers in this season. I think the podcast about the church out west that everybody's listened to is bringing some revelation to, it's called, anybody know what it's called? Mars Hill. So many of the churches in America were actually built around this church and modeled after it, and we sense that some of that's probably not the best way to do ministry, but we see that something is coming that we want, things like formation and discipleship, and you actually matter, not just filling a seat, and being with people and celebrating together. We see these things and we want them, but we're not seeing exactly how it's going to happen, and we're stuck in this in-between, and my, one of my mentors said, patience is actually not just a choice. It's a holy action. So patience is holy. If you can sit and wait and be presence, the Holy Spirit of God can build hope in you. But if you have to go ahead, please everyone look at me right now. If you have to go ahead and not be patience, you are out trucking the work of God. And you don't want to do that. And you can do that in every scenario. What if Mary demanded that the baby be born that day? That had just been weird. No, this baby's coming now. He told me and it's coming now. The birthing, the pregnancy, the womb of how God works. That's a nine-month thing. And that happens like that pretty much every time. And each part of that scenario is important. But hear me when I say this. It's not just about the birth. Because that's what we do. We think as soon as this happens... As soon as God answers this prayer, it's good. No, we just do that again for that thing. So we live in this continual, like when this happens, when this happens. At our group this week, somebody highlighted how they just feel like as soon as that happens, they don't even, even if it's a $40,000 raise, it's like you step into that and you're like, but what about this? We don't have the ability to be like vibrantly present, to be so vibrantly present even in our questions that we can do things like, Laugh when we are not getting all that we need, when our bodies aren't fully healed, to sit with someone and listen to them, to celebrate the Jesus in someone before he's been born in them. 
That doesn't even make sense to my mind, to sit across from James and to be like, I, I, I sense the yearnings in you, and, but I see this already happening in you, and celebrate that with him so much that we become fully present. That was my prayer request in my group this, this next year. I think we were all trying to be a little spiritual with our answers, so we tried to like outthink ourselves, and then we were honest about it. But my true answer was, I want to be present in every moment. In every moment, I want to have joy all year. Right, And I know it's going to be hard stuff and good stuff, but joyful presence with my kids, my wife, my parents, you guys, the things that are going to struggle with, the sports stuff, to not just crank through another year. What's the purpose of that? God is working right now. And if there was an image of a little baby Jesus growing in all of us, it'd be at all kinds of different phases, right? What if we slowed down enough to foster that in each other? What if that's the work of the church? Jesus enters the scene, instant community. You need, to, you, need to, you need to get this, and many of you believe this, but you're not meant to carry Jesus alone. So instantly, mentorship, spiritual friendship, worship, gathering, three months. This is not like a, hey, guess what's happening? I'm gonna call you in like a couple months, tell you how, how things are going. This is a decision. The Jesus that's happening in you should draw you into community because that's where you are formed. When you have a bad thing happen in community, that's not your ticket out. That's the beginning of a conversation. That's the beginning of the working of the Spirit, working on the parts within us that would rather be isolated. He's trying to heal those things. So as you see things surface, oh, this is awkward, that person over there is raising their hands, that person's sitting, that person's talking about things in the, on the mic that should not be being talked about, about their brokenness, as you start to interact with those things, that's when the Spirit of God becomes alive. And God will bring Elizabeth right up to you. If you're submitted to the Jesus' work in you, there's going to be an Elizabeth. It might be in the form of a Bill or a Larry you know, Elizabeth can come in a lot of different forms. But God is caring about those things within us. And hope is not born out of a decision to hope. Hope is born out of a season of pressing in. You want a hopeful community. You want a faithful community. That happens in consistent connection. If you don't want those things to be formed, just stay outside of it for a while. Come back in. Oh, stay outside of it for a while. Come back in. We can't house Jesus on our own. You're not a temple enough. Just get this. You're not strong enough of a temple to house him by yourself. You will explode. You might actually explode. It's meant to be in the midst. And even then, it's, it's the continually burning, firing presence of Jesus through the Spirit of God. You're not meant to do that on your own. Thanks, Martin Luther. That's great. Appreciate it. 95 Thesis was awesome, but also... We need each other, right? We need each other. I just jumped over everybody's head. Continues, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about sometimes. That's it's a lot there. But what I'm trying to say is, within Christian community, this is ETS. This is what we're trying to do. We're trying to provide community and friendship so that the Spirit of God can be birthed in each of our wombs and be grown into. And even after the birth of Jesus within Mary, she has to be a mother. And Elizabeth has to be a mother to this prophet who will speak things to people that will be blown away. They have to mother. So Jesus is still using women for the most important people, historically prophets, to form them until they get to a spot where the women have to say, oh no, John's gone. Oh no, 
Jesus was killed. And the power and spirit of, of both of those individuals continue forward even in that brokenness. This is a beautiful story. It's a beautiful mess in the words of a country artist that many of you know. So it's not just about salvation. It's about the raw mess of right now and how he's in exactly these moments. Speak about how you're seeing it. Celebrate. If you are filled with the Spirit, celebrate in others the work of Jesus in them. That's so spiritual to be an encourager, to literally see it. And that's one of the most, that's the first Holy Spirit movement is that spiritual mentoring. Elizabeth's not, I'm filled with the Spirit, now give me all that I need. It's a whole different thing. We need, to, we need to fix that in the church, that when I'm filled with the Spirit, that just means I get all that I need. It means I get to then be all that I am and all He is for others. Her song is a song that passes from her into Elizabeth into us. She's singing to us. We're the poor of, of that day. We're poor now, the recipients of this Jesus gospel. So... What questions? What questions for you make it hard to worship right now? I'm going to kind of slow this down for you. So the reasons, they could, have, they could have met at the threshold, and Elizabeth could have laid into her husband for not following God to Mary. I've been like, you wouldn't even believe how stupid my husband is as the priest in his one time to get in there. He didn't even believe God talking to him through an angel. you got to be a complete moron to be talking to an angel and not believe it. She didn't do that. Mary could have been like, my husband doesn't even believe me. That idiot. I get it. My parents don't. It could have been a whole different conversation in Christian community, right? Sometimes the choice of the kinds of conversations we have within the body of Christ change the trajectory of what can happen in our lives. Can we complain about something or someone right now? You better believe everyone in here can. Can we highlight the, the work of Jesus in each other right now? If we live by the Spirit, we can. If we live by the Spirit, we can. Do we want to live by the Spirit? Stop highlighting how terrible the people around you are. How you didn't get what you wanted. That's not it. That doesn't help. What framework does that build for them? I mean, it didn't happen, but if that did happen, this would be a very different Luke passage. They lean into one another and lean into Jesus. That's a great thing. Unanswered questions, sloppiness, husbands not in ministry anymore, women being chosen to be used to carry the gospel as the first witnesses of Christ. Elizabeth's the first witness to Christ. She's the first witness. Mary Magdalene's the first witness after Christ's death. What? Like, you could choose, we could choose to lean into the areas in which we don't believe or which we deserve something else. We don't have to, though. We watched a movie yesterday. I'm not going to tell you about it right now. I just caught myself. But ask me about it at some point. I cried secretly. Again. What threshold are you at? Second question. So what questions would keep you from worshiping? What threshold are you at? What threshold are you standing on from old covenant to new covenant for them? From Messiah's coming to Messiah is in my belly? For you, what threshold are you at that you need to sit in instead of escaping from? What hard thing or thing hoped for is not being realized yet, but you're not supposed to be in the birth yet? You're still here. 
Don't miss your moments. Don't live life waiting for that, just that birth. What about right now? What's happening right now in you? And Jesus' work in it. It's important. And so I just, I'm going to ask you to stand. And, and Becca, whoever's doing the... I'm going to ask a few questions as if this is a Facebook survey. Okay. Let's just be honest to one another. And I want you to interact with me as if I am a survey. Raise your hand if you've never had a Christian mentor in your life. Raise your hand if you have had a Christian mentor in your life. Okay. Raise your hand if you feel like you're at a threshold right now. Raise your hand if you feel like there are questions happening in your life that could keep you from worshiping Jesus right now. Okay, let's keep going. It's okay. You're not failing. This is, this is a, everybody gets 100, okay? Raise your hand if someone in this room, even near you, you've seen Jesus in them recently. Raise your hand if you have another one, not that person. Now everybody goes side to side. All right. Raise your hand right now if you would love this is going to take you actually being honest. If you would love to be encouraged by Jesus or a Jesus follower to see who you really are, raise your hand if you'd like that. Everybody, raise your hand if you have a mouth. Raise your hand if you are able to speak through it. If Zechariah is in here, sorry, bro. Okay. Raise your hand if Jesus is real. Jesus, this is an opportunity for us to recognize how you're act, talking to us. We're not in Christmas Day yet. We're not going there yet. We're at the threshold. Things are still being formed. So we stay right here in this minute. And Spirit of God, I thank you so much that you cleanse us from our selfishness. That you don't Tell us to tell everybody they have to worship God on this mountain. But we're going to worship you in spirit and truth. And that you submit even unto your Father to become one of us, to meet us, to help us grow. I pray and even, I would say prophesy, but I just want it for you, so I don't. I pray that this coming year for you would be the strongest formational year of you and Jesus you have ever had. I ask that you would be blessed that when you have an excuse to not step into community or follow Jesus, you would choose the opposite and you would become vulnerable and uncomfortable. I pray that you would go from infancy to maturity and that you would recognize the work that's already happening in you even if it hasn't been birthed. I pray that you would recognize that you are a beloved son and daughter of the Most High God and nothing can stop that. I pray that this community would be the kind of community that fosters the Jesus in each other, that waits patiently together, that when is frustrated and things aren't answers, presses in and not out. I pray that this would be the year where we see the Spirit's power lock in 
and raise up a generation of Christian mentors. I pray that this is a year that we would see the Spirit's power lock in and raise up Christian witnesses. Here's what he's done. I pray that this is a year that things would be fostered in the wombs of these people in this room and even in the churches in our city and that we wouldn't rush forth to anything but we would go at your speed and I thank you that you're coming and you already came and that being yours we've been redeemed and restored even if we're having to live into that I pray this year for the Zacharias that are touching this body that feel like they've been silenced for whatever reason, that this year, Jesus, in 2022, even starting right now today, you would, you would bring restoration like they actually need so that when they speak up again, it's worship and true worship because of what they've seen happen. I thank you this week, God, that we get to be with our families. Get your, I just want you to stay with me for a moment. Picture your home and your dinner table even if you're alone. And if you live alone, picture of the strongest friend group you have. So stay with me. I pray that in that, the womb of Jesus would be fostered. If it's you and your kids around a table or you and your husband or wife around a table, that that would be a space that as you sit, the question of how is Jesus being birthed here? Even if it's a neighbor doesn't believe or doesn't care or that you have an enemy with. I pray this year for restored relationships, God, from people who have hurt one another. I thank you, Jesus, for every good gift. And if there's a couple people who wouldn't mind praying for others today, we didn't set this up beforehand, but I could use two people here that have done it before and two people there. Already, I already been knowing it was going to be all four. Already been knowing that. If you would like to receive prayer at a threshold during this song or even after, that would be amazing. Praise God. 
you to join us up front. If not, we ask you to have conversations maybe out in the middle area and keep this space prayerful. God, I pray that you would be with us, go before us, that you would fill us, that you would encourage us, and that you would allow us to be an Advent people celebrating the risen Christ soon. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.